Okay. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I want to say one thing about the last week's period. Um, the main Nakuda, I think, just wasn't clear enough at the end of this year when I was um, fumbling, mumbling, trying to present the Rambam's understanding of Seichel. The key thing to under to know, I can't say understand, it's very hard to understand. The key thing to know, the reason why the Rambam says a human being is different than everything else, and a human being has two levels of mahos, or two levels of tzura, is because seichel uniquely is unlike anything else. The, the ability of a person to be masculine, once he actualizes or activates that ability, the, the, the ability to be masculine turns into the seichel itself. Okay, that's the key thing. So a horse has the ability to uh, do whatever horses do. By doing that, he's only actualizing the ability. But he still has that same ability. Mashenki, my ability to know 2 plus 2 equals 4, once I know 2 plus 2 equals 4, the, the, the knowledge that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is the actual ability. The, actual, the ability turns into the knowledge. That's, what the Ramam, that's why the Ramam says a human being becomes something else when he's masculine. Why that's the case, that the ability to be masculine turns into seichel, how that's different than everything else. In order to understand that, we have to understand the whole concept of chaymer and tzura, and specifically the very complex idea of seichel and the Rambam's understanding of seichel. So I'm not going to go into that. I just wanted to really, this is the main point, which I think I didn't stress properly at the end of, of last week's year. Okay, now we're going to learn. Today we're going to learn. Yeah, go ahead. Someone saying something? No. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So today we're going to learn the Rambam's approach to science, Chachmah. Here in the Paragal of Shemitah the Rambam says, uh, I put on the screen, this is the Shila translation, that talking about the chilek asichli of the nefesh, that faculty of the soul, which can be, um, which is engaged in seichel. So it's the faculty of the person through which he is masculine and thinks and acquires wisdom. He can figure out what's right and wrong from actions. Okay. Now, he moves on to the, sorry, right there in that parak, He talks about um, this, this practical knowledge and uh, speculative or theoretical knowledge, like Iyuni. So what's Iyuni? So like the Rambam, who Iyuni knowledge is the knowledge of Unchanging things. Knowing the unchanging things as they are, in fact. There's some com there's some confusion here about the translation. Kapach got it wrong over here. Kefima um, Shahin is a qualifying the knowledge. In other words, knowing the things that don't change. And knowing them as they are, in fact, that's a uni, and that's chokhmastam. The Elohim Hashem So Kafim Hashem is going back on the knowledge. You know it. The subject of the knowledge is the nimtzayis she'enu mishtanis, the unchanging things. And if you know those as they in fact are, in other words, correctly. Then uh, you have chachma. Okay, so the word chachma, which is a very important word, Rama uses it a lot. Chazal uses it a lot. Hiram gives us a definition of chachma. Chachma is knowing the things that are unchanging. There's a very important idea in the Rama that one can, in fact, talk about. One can perceive. That there are things in reality that don't change. Um, it means there are things that are always, let's say, the laws of nature, what we call the laws of nature. 
But the way the Ramam describes it is the things that don't change. In other words, you can imagine a world, let's say there'd be a world where nothing is permanent. Nothing stays the same. So there will be no Chachma. If things would be constantly changing on the most fundamental level, there'd be no rules, let's say. There'd be no rules of, of nature. So there'd be no Chachma. Everything would be arbitrary. Everything would be merely as God wants it. There'll be nothing more to say. In order to be able to um, perceive and understand something, we we have there has to be something that is unchanging, that is permanent. Otherwise, there are no rules. Okay? So, but you see, um, the concept that things don't change, the idea that the Ramam asserts that there are things that don't change, we could ask like this, why do things not change? Why are there things that don't change? Why are there things that are permanent? And why is that Chachma? Because if there are things that are permanent, so there are things that don't change, there are, I mean, that means there are things that have to be the way they are. This is the key point. The difference between things that don't change and things that do change is not just that, okay, if they don't change, then there's a certain regularity. Mashiach, if things would always change, there wouldn't be a regularity. In other words, what I'm getting at is I'm, I think I'm probably not being clear enough. The Ramam is insisting that there's only Chachma because there are things that don't change. Let's say things would change, right? Let's say everything would always be changing. There wouldn't be Chachma. Why not? What about having a catalog of all pieces of information, knowing every single state? Let's say there's arbitrary states of reality from one moment to the next. And I know all those states. I know. I keep track. I have that information in my mind. That's not Chachma. It's only called Chachma if there are things that are unchanging. And the reason for that is, and this will become clear as we look at the sources for the Rambam and, and, and think about the ramifications of this. The reason for that is because the fact that things don't change doesn't is not merely a, a, a quality of permanence, but rather if things don't change, that means that things are the way they are because they have to be that way. Okay, that's the key point that I was taking too long to get to. The difference between things that are constantly that way and things that are and things that are sometimes one way sometimes another are the things that are always a certain way have to be that way okay is that clear so far i don't want to I just want to make sure at this point is clear to them okay i'll assume that it's a shtika kaida meaning if things are 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 sustained over time the reason why something that's sustained over time is Chachma and something that's changing is not Chachma is not because something is regular, it, it, it's more important than something that's irregular. It's because if something is regular, that indicates that there's something to understand about why it is that way. It has to be the way it is. It's not arbitrarily that way. But if it would also change, then you would have to understand why it's changing. Okay, so... Um, so the only way to understand why it's changing is to find something that's unchanging that's at its root. So in other words, let's say a world where everything changes. Okay, imagine a world where everything changes, but for God, because if anything exists, there has to be God. So then the, then the, 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 one, the only thing that one could have any chachma about then would be God. If there's a why... So, okay, why is it that there's a world where everything is constantly changing? If there's a why to it, such as um, this is wise because of whatever reason, let's say we could find some reason for it, for the change, then that's the only permanent thing, and that will be the only subject of Chachma. But since there's a world where there's not only um, Ratz and Hashem, but there's rather specific Ritzayinists, let's say, such as gravity, so then we can understand, we can become Chachamim by knowing Gravity. Why is knowing gravity chachma? Because gravity is something that is fundamental to reality in the sense that it's something that is not arbitrarily that way, but it must be that way. So if I know uh, the fact that gravity acted on a certain apple at a certain time and made it fall to the ground, that's not chachma because that's arbitrary. You can call it contingent, meaning it only happened because it happened. It happened to happen. There's no rule that etzem. There's no rule about reality that it has to be that way. Um, but if I know that apples fall due to gravity, then I'm knowing something that's a fundamental feature of reality, something that must be that way. 
which is why the Rambam, why the Rambam considers um, studying science uh, very fundamental to understanding Hashem. Part part of the reason why, because when you're studying science according to the Rambam, you're not just studying, which is very different than than typically modern science is presented. You're not just studying a bunch of rules about how things work, but you're studying something, and it's supposed to give you a window into um, into the fact that things have to be the way they are. So you become wiser. When you become wiser, you become more of a chacham through studying chachmats because you now becomes part of you. Remember, we're talking about the seichel becomes you. So the idea that things must be X, Y, however they are, becomes part of you. And that idea is really true. That idea is actually fundamental. It's really true about reality. That things are a certain way by necessity. By necessity. Again, things that happen to be one way and happen to be another um, contingent occurrences, like the fact that a specific apple fell at a specific time, that is not chachma because it's not of necessity, and therefore knowing that is not called uh, is not building your brain. You could say. See, if you build your brain with the building blocks with the building blocks of reality, so you become more of a shalom. If you build your brain and you you stamp uh, input information to your brain, that's not building your brain because it's not building any scheme, any system of thought. Only those things which are due to the way they have to be um, is building is building your mind, okay? Building your mind in the image of Hashem's. Chachma comes from Hashem. So if Chachma, if Chachma, i.e., those things in reality which are the way they are because they must be that way, if you integrate that in yourself and you start thinking that way, then you become a greater person. Okay? It might not be fully clear. I think that's okay. Um, it will get, get clear as soon as I bring you this next quote. Yeah, go ahead, you. Here's say that line again means what exactly is the difference between knowledge that doesn't, that there's no mile to a pechal and knowledge that there is a mile in? Yeah, because, um, so let's say that the, 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 the concept called, okay, the Ram doesn't have a concept called gravity, so I don't like the concept. Um, let's say in the Rambam's Tfisa of the world, there are four elements, offer um, mayim, air, and fire, earth, water, air, fire. Earth is in the center, then goes water, then goes air, then goes fire. And the reason why things fall, the reason why things fall is because offers natural places in the center. Um, and every, anything that has more offer in it, which is what we would say something heavier, is attracted to its natural place. The natural place of ear is higher, which is why ear goes up, which is why fire goes up. Okay, they're just giving you a basic tweezer. It doesn't matter. Um, you know that, if you know that, then part of you, because what you you are what you know, part of you is something that um, is the way it is by necessity. That means it's it has to be that way. It's not stam that way. It must be that way. Things must be that way. There's no choice. What we're getting, you see, what we're almost getting at, this is where I'm going to take this. This is where it gets really interesting. What this leads to is a, is a model where Hashem has no choice and the world is kadum. Okay. So I, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead for a second and let's assume, as Aristotle did, which is who's the source of this idea of what Chachm is. Let's assume for a moment that the world always existed which is what Aristotle assumed. And the reason why Aristotle assumed that, one of the reasons is because if you understand that the world is the way it is, meaning it's not stamkach, it is the way it's supposed to be. So if the world is supposed to be this way, then it should have always existed. You cannot hold, says Aristotle, you cannot hold that the world has chachma, which is to say it's not arbitrary it's not stam stam this way for no reason you can't hold that the, everything has a reason and st- meaning what, what reason means it's supposed to be this way if it's supposed to be this way it must have always been this way does that make sense to you does that that idea yeah i, I really just, if 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 i would hear an example of a chachma that does not bring anything it'll, it'll make things easier for me right so now if i know the way things have to be Right. So by knowing, so then, then my knowledge of um, the rule of, let's say, what well, gravity or the four scientists. So then I know something um, about the way things must be. 
Now, why must they be that way? I may not know. But the fact is that this is the this is the nature of the world and the definition of science and nature is uh, the way things have to be. So even if I don't know why it has to be that way, I know that things have to be this way because I know the world is b'chachma. Let's say I'm assuming the world is b'chachma. So I know that the world has to be this way. So by integrating that knowledge, I become, I become a greater person because part of my thought process, part of how I think is this rule that the offer has to go to Mata and the Aish has to go to Mala. Masha Enkin, if I know that at one point in history, something happened due to that rule, that's nothing, that doesn't have to be that way. And therefore the knowledge of that doesn't make me any more perfect. And if I didn't have that knowledge, it just makes me no more, more facts. Well, technically that would also make you more see and more feel and gain the deeper dots into that, that it's true. I mean, if I... If let's say I learned this, you said that uh, that gravity—it's not shut on gravity, but offer it can, and I see it constantly happening. That just is more. That just brings it out more. I am mean, I, I more fast into that. Yes, but but, more... yes, but the point is, you're not creating a way of thought by seeing it happen. You're not creating a way of thinking. Mashenki, a, a person is wiser not because he knows more facts, but because he, he can better learn it or his brain is more worked out, let's say. Um, and what does it mean his brain is worked out? His brain is, is because a brain is only the, the thoughts. His thoughts are those thoughts that are um, uh, part and parcel of, 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 of the way the world has to be. That there's no escaping from them. Uh -huh. Again, imagine a world that's called them, because that's what we're getting at. Imagine a world that's called them. Imagine, imagine Hashem had no choice. Imagine these rules are so absolute that they bind Hashem. The rules of, of existence, of everything existing in its form, in its particular form, with its particular rules. Imagine these things are absolute. That we, even if we don't know why. See, we're so not used to this because we know that Hashem created the world, the Ayin, and everything is just because Hashem wanted to be this way. It could have been otherwise. This is why the Rambam is so radical. And we'll see what, what's going on with this. Because in, in a world, where, in, in the typical from a Tvisa, let's call it, where Hashem created the world because he wanted to, and he could have done it any other way, um, there's nothing really so overwhelmingly interesting about the way the world is, except for, you know, as a contingent fact, the way you're describing it, that, well, we have to observe the world to think about Hashem. But that's just like any other action that Hashem does. Any, we could think about any particular action, right? If you think of the world as Hashem decided to create the world such and such a way, he could have done it any other way then the creation of the world in this particular form is no different than any other particular fact that happens in history. It might be just be a little bit more, a lot more information there because it's not just one particular small fact. It's a tremendous fact and it's an ongoing fact, but it's not fundamentally different than what I'm calling a contingent occurrence. But it, but in Aristotle's view, which I'm going to read inside in a minute, and this is in, in the view of Kadmos, which is where the Ramam is coming from, things that are eternal, that the unchanging laws of the world are so eternal that uh, they don't, they don't, they, they come from Hashem, but not through choice. It's not that Hashem chose these over anything else. These follow from Hashem, even according to Aristotle, the world follows from Hashem, but it's not that Hashem had choice or rutzen in the creation. The world follows from Hashem like, like light follows from the sun, the Ramam says in the Mernabukhan. But then these laws are actually, um, fundamental fundamental to reality in a, in, a, in a very deep way such that by if you know them and if you mean you think with them then you're uh, a greater mind than one who doesn't think with them so i want to read to you i want to read to you the where aristotle says this and you'll see exactly what the point is here he says in the book ethics aristotle's book he says like this what scientific knowledge is if we are to speak exactly and not follow mere similarities is plain for what follows. We all suppose that what we know is not even capable of being otherwise. Whatever we know, Zabdi Aristotle, can't be otherwise. Of things capable of being otherwise, we do not know when they have passed outside of our observation, whether they exist or not. How do we know that something exists outside of when we're not observing it? Only thing we can know is what has to be. Therefore, the object of scientific knowledge is of necessity. The object of scientific knowledge is of necessity. This is exactly what the Ramam is saying. When I talk about knowledge, the only thing I can really know 
is something which must be the way it is. Therefore, it is eternal. For things that are of necessity are all eternal. And things that are eternal are ungenerated and imperishable. Ungenerated and imperishable. And the Ramam brings this quote, brings this in the morning book. The Ramam has a major machama with Aristotle about Kadmus Oilam. But here's Aristotle, one of the arguments that the Ramam quotes um, in favor of Kadmus Oilam. So Kadmus Oilam means the world always existed backwards into the past. And we'll call Nitzchis Oilam the idea that the world will always exist infinitely into the future. So Kadmus Oilam, the, the, one of the arguments for Kadmus Oilam is look, the world has Chachma. The world is created according to Chachma. The world is not arbitrary, which means we can look at the world and understand it and understand that it must be the way it is. And if it must be the way it is, then it had to always have been that way. You see, there's a big steer here. Can we, and this is the Rambam deals with that length in my book. Can we say two things? The world is the way it is because it's right for it to be the way it is. And also that at one point in time, God brought it into existence. Those two things are a contradiction. Because if the world is the way it is, let's say, firstly, that it exists, because it's right for it to exist, then why wouldn't it have always existed? See, that's a major philosophical problem, and that argument Aristotle uses to say, the world must have always existed. To believe that the world didn't always exist, and then uh, and then if it was brought into existence, says Aristotle, is to believe that the world is 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 absurd and doesn't have reason. The existence of the world doesn't follow reason because if it follows reason, if it's something that we can say is chachma, which is another way of saying it's something that's uh, right, it has to be the way it is. It's not just arbitrarily that way, but it must be that way. Then it should have always existed. And therefore, must have, says Aristotle, always existed. Why couldn't it have, uh, if the world would exist for man, and man didn't always exist, so then whenever there's man in the world, that's when the world has to exist. What do you mean by that? Oh, Meaning everything that, everything that Aristotle is studying is, is if, if you'd view the world and every part of it as a backchop for human beings, so then only Kohlsman there were human beings in the world did all this have to exist means the world is a yeah no because the existence of man as well is is something that is the fact that there are humans is also a subject of scientific knowledge scientific knowledge means knowing that things knowing what must be the fact that there are humans is something that that we can apply knowledge to uh-huh. So therefore, there must have always been humans. Meaning, in, in in from a Jewish perspective, that question would be that if Hashem, uh, Hashem, if everything's perfect, and the reason why people are created because He's a native, then why wouldn't He have done that? Why why was there ever at the Kufa where there wasn't that? You should always have had human beings. Um. I hesitate to to give you an unqualified yes to that question. Um, no, no, that that that's a very good no. It's a very good um, way to to frame that question, as you said, from a Jewish perspective. It is absolutely right in, in Lumbus. The reason why it might be wrong is um, <clears throat> because see what you're doing is you just sort of just you just machtavek the whole chacham of the Rambam, uh, which is the chacham of Aristotle, because you just said that um, the only thing that's necessary is a moral nece- a necessity of hatava. You see, you just basically reduced all of being, all of reality, to a, a, what I'm calling an ethical or moral imperative. In other words, you say, yes, everything is that everything must be. But not because gravity must be, ascites must be, not because all these laws must be, but because one thing must be, Hashem's Atava. And then you're going to look at Aristotle's kasha from that perspective and say, it's still a good kasha. If Hashem is native, and therefore everything must be, um, why wasn't he always native? 
And um, it's a fair question. Like I said, it's the same Kasha and Lomdas that Aristotle is asking, but Aristotle is not asking it based on a moral imperative because, because you just basically said, we don't have to study Chachma, we just have to study Midas, Tevis, because the only thing that's real, the only thing that's really fundamental is Hashem's will to be native. And that is very Jewish and very biblical. And um, I, I, I would even say that um, I, I personally inclined to that way of thinking, as does Rebchaste um, Kreskas, maybe as opposed to the Rambam. But the Rambam sees Chochma not only in moral imperatives, but in what we call scientific imperatives. Am I being clear? This is very, um, this is kind of lofty kind of discussion, which is very probably, you know, if you're not used to thinking about these things, it's uh, hard to grasp. But you get that? You get this last point? Overall, we're following? And we're gonna we're gonna come to to this back to why unchanging thoughts is 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 the chachma that we need. No, uh, that's right. That should have been clear by now. The reason why that's chachma is because um, anything that's unchanging is be'etzem. To know that which is be'etzem makes you a, a a greater person because you're you're then because your mind is then made up of those things which are fundamental and not those random facts of which. Of which there's just an infinite number of random facts, and there's no rhyme or reason. Okay, so the true reason you have to understand again the true reason of, of reality. The Rambam doesn't care if you know calculations, right? You can know e, e equals mc squared. You're not necessarily a greater chacham because you know that calculation. You are a greater chacham according to the Rambam if um, you grasp the necessity, like Aristotle says. Um, we call it knowledge when it's when it when it when we feel that it must be that way. If you grasp the necessity of it, you 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 understand that this is how things have to be. Then then you then you're a chacham, because then so, you uh, then you're not, again then you don't just know calculations and you don't just know random things. You know something about um, about reality, fundamental to reality. So what's our agenda now with bringing in Aristotle's question? Where, where are ah, we going? To? Okay, so here's where we're going. The Rambam, in this statement, by defining Chachma as Aristotle does, he's sort of giving a nod towards the idea of Kadmas Because, see, this, as Aristotle says, if, if science means that which, has to, which is unchanging, well, unchanging means always existed. So, I mean, you could, if, if you, you could just ask the question like that. How could, and this is a very, very fair question, and the only reason a person would think it's not is because he's not ruggled to really take the Rambam very seriously. And his Lashen, because the question as follows. How could the Ramam say that Chachm is to know the things that don't change? Everything changed because everything once didn't exist and now exists. So what is the Ramam even talking about when it says in Shabbos? That's a way to ask the question in a, in a technical way. But in a Lamdish way, if you know that, that, this, what, that this is coming from Aristotle and the whole reason why Chachma is defined by the unchanging things is because the fact that they're unchanging means that they must be that way. Well, they must be that way. It means Hashem had no choice when he when to do it and when not to do it. He's he's sort of a, obligated to do what's right, let's call it. Then doesn't that mean the world always existed and always will exist? So let's talk about this whole business of Kadmos. Firstly, you have to know the following. The fact that the world um, will always exist, the Rambam believes that. Rambam says, that even though we dispute Aristotle's idea that the world always existed, that it was Kodum, but we, the Rambam, believe that the world will always exist into the future. And he brings Psukim to support that. By the way, this is something that the Ramon, who in general always goes with the Rambam, he says, no, here he goes like the Mukubalim, that the world will eventually cease to exist. But the Rambam holds the world will always exist. And look how he says this, if I can find the Lushin. Let me find it. Here it is. Okay. 
So now it comes clear to you. And this is as follows. We accept Aristotle halfway. We, we accept Aristotle halfway into the future, that the reality is Nitzchi in this nature that God wanted. Only if it's miraculously, a moifus. Even though Hashem could, if Hashem wanted to, he could, but he will not. But he will not. Aristo, Aristo holds that just like it will exist forever into the future, so too it always existed. But this we don't hold of. Okay. So Alam says, I'm to Aristotle, even though I say that the world was brought into existence, unlike Aristotle says it's Kodom, I accept Aristotle's idea that it is Nitzri. Okay? So now, um, we have to explain a little bit what the Machoikis is in Aristotle. Mice is like this. Aristotle says, if things are the way they have to be, if there's Chachmah to things, then they should have always existed, right? Because if it's right for the world to exist, if it's reasonable for the world to exist, then it would have been unreasonable for the world not to exist. Ergo must be, like the Aristotle, the world always exists. What's the answer to this time? So I have to give this to you briefly because this is this is the beginning of Chelek Bey's um, not the beginning, the, the sort of the middle of Chelek Bez, the of him, where the Rambam responds to the arguments of Kadma Sa'ila. And the Rambam responds to, to Aristotle's Tainus for Kadma Sa'ila. Can't go into the, into the protum of the, of the response, but I'll try to give you the basic idea. Aristotle says that everything in the world is b'chacham. Everything in the world is b'chacham. Everything in the world is the way it is because it has to be there. So, the Rambam makes goes to great lengths in Perak of Dalid in the Mordechai Dalid to show that there are certain things in the world that cannot be explained by chacham. There are certain things in the world that are not reasonable. Don't follow a certain order. That's what he shows in Perak of Dalid specifically about astronomy. He says, you cannot give Chochmah for every single thing in the heavens. Some things in the heavens are random. Okay. So what's he trying to do with that? What the Rambam is trying to do is basically saying like this. Yes, as Aristotle said, there's a lot of Chochmah in the world. And yes, if there's Chochmah, that means the world have to have always existed. But, like the Rambam, besides with the Chochmah, besides with the Chochmah, we could discern... There's also something we call Ratzin. There's also something, a midah of Hashem called Ratzin. So even though, even though there's this Chachma in the world, Chachma means that it has to be the way it is. There's another midah, let's say, you can call it like another midah of Hashem, which is Ratzin, which is something that um, is that Hashem does things because so, so he wanted to. So for example, if you have a question, if the world should exist, um, why didn't it always exist? Zakhtar Rambam, because you know, you're asking that question because you're looking at the perspective of Chachma. But there's a perspective of Hashem's actions that's called Ratzin, which is that Hashem does things just because, and and that's um in order to understand all reality, you have to incorporate, you have to think about that aspect of Hashem as well. And that aspect of Hashem is not bound to any law. So it, in, in a nutshell, what we can say is like this, and this is Mamish, like I said, really covering many problems in the book, and we're trying to give it to you in the, the main Akuta and the Gale in your name. And this will help us understand what the Rambam means when he says, uh, we saw this quote before, that he's murdered to Aristotle halfway. There are two aspects to the actions of Hashem. There's an aspect called Chachma, there's an aspect called Ratzin. Hashem had a Ratzin. Rotson means something which we cannot explain. Okay. 
something generative, something that causes something to happen, but cannot be explained. Chachma means that which can be explained. Hashem had a rotzen to create a world. The world that Hashem created is a world of Chachma. Mostly, more or less. Which means that Hashem wanted, Hashem wanted there to be a world that must be the way it is. So this is a little bit like a paradox. I'll try to help help us understand it a little bit. But the reason why the Rabbi says after the world is created, it will live forever, it will last forever. And he said the murder to Aristotle halfway, what it essentially is saying is like this. Everything that Aristotle, Aristotle says about the world is true after there was a rutzen of Hashem for there to be a world. So in other words, let's say a very from way to look at it would be like, oh, everything is rutzen Hashem, nothing is chachm. Everything, And people do say such things. The Rabbi doesn't hold like that. Everything is Ratzon Hashem. There's no reason. Everything is just Hashem's will and, and everything else is a mirage. Ram says, no, there is reason to the world. But now, technically, reason means, reason really means what must be the way it is. Reason is not something that you could just say, choose or not choose to do. Reason is something that binds you and it should bind Hashem. So if the world is reasonable, shouldn't Hashem be bound to the world? The answer is Hashem wanted a world of reason. So it's Hashem's Ratzon which created a world that that once it's created, once Hashem chose and wanted this world, what he wanted was a world of, of Chachma. And therefore, Aristotle's argument that the world always had to exist is true b'mechza, the way the Ram says it, it's true in the future. Because once Hashem was right in the world, he wasn't right in a world that will be a world that exists because he's right in it. He was right in a world that exists because Chachma dictates that it should exist. So the whole Chachm of Aristotle, Ram is now putting under, it's subject to, and it's below this higher diagram called Ratzin. So Aristotle is Kaifer in Hashem's Ratzin. Aristotle believes in Hashem, but everything follows from Hashem, Bechachma. Ram says what Aristotle is missing is this element called Ratzin. And even though the world as we know it, says the Rambam, is a world of Chachma, which means it always had to exist. The Ram has a parak, I think it's parak time, where he says, coming into existence is fundamentally different than the world after it exists. So Aristotle made one mistake, which is that he says, since he's in this world and he sees the world from the perspective of the world after it's created, so he extrapolates backwards and says, okay, this is the nature of reality. The nature of reality is Chachma, right? And the Ram says, yes, the nature of the, the reality that Hashem willed is Chachma. So the Ratzin comes prior to the Chachma, which, by the way, in Kabbalah is very, very much parallel as Kabbalah, because in Kabbalah, the highest sphere is called Ratzin, Kesser, which is Ratzin, and the second sphere is called Chachma. So it's the first generation of anything is a Ratzin. Now, Hashem has a Ratzin, and Ratzin has no Tam. Hashem has a Ratzin, and now, okay, the Ratzin is for what? He has to have some, has to have some, some Mahalach in order to have some beginning of shape, and that's called Chachma. So that's what the Rambam is saying, that Aristotle is right. That so means the Chachma takes over. start first. Um, that means the Chachma takes over, because the Rambam, if the world exists forever because of the Chachma, that means it started with the Ratzim, but it transfers over. Well, what's that relationship? Yes. I understand how it starts, but... Right. So there are two things. Um, firstly, the fact that there are Nisim. According to Aristotle, Nisim are impossible. The Rambam says that the reason why the reason why Aristotle's uh, theory of Kadmus Oilam is so uh, against the Torah is because the, and I understand the idea of Kadmus Oilam means that Hashem has no choice. Um, Hashem is bound by the laws of nature, which means that Nisim are impossible and intervention is impossible. So Mashenkin, we believe in Yeshmi Ayin. What that means really is why that's so interesting, it's so important, is because then we believe that Hashem has rutzen, and Hashem is not bound to the laws of nature, and therefore he can also suspend them and do nisin. Okay, so it's it's um the rutzen of Hashem, he 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 bound his rutzen to Chachma. And the Ram says explicitly, it's not that Hashem couldn't bring the world to cease to exist if he wants to, but the Ramam knows that he won't. Okay, as you know that he won't, maybe because the Psukim say that, maybe some other reason, but not that it's an inherently a limitation on Hashem's abilities, but Hashem did, I don't know, commit to that, limit himself to that, in terms of that he won't destroy the world, but that he might intervene on the 
that is still possible, and that's still using Rutzen. So every nace is like Yeshmei. So the same way he willed with Hashem willed with Rutzen for the world to star, why can't it be like the Chalkim on the round? Why can't the round be massive to the Chalkim that the world will end also with his Rutzen? Mm -hmm. Right. So the reason why it's so fundamental to the Rambam is because if that would be the case, then there would be no Chachma. Then all Chachma would be a mirage. There wouldn't oh, really wait, be Chachma. I don't know why he could, the Rambam could say that. With, with what we live in right now, what the world created, it should be some go forever. Ken Zayn, the same way Hashem put into the world to start with ruts, and he'll also put in for it to end. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, okay, you have to think about the difference in the past and the future according to Ramam. I don't know anything about that, but that might be enough to, to, to answer your question. And um, I think the Ramam holds that if we wouldn't know that it's going to last, then 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 it wouldn't be true that there's anything in Mishnah. It wouldn't be Chachm. Now, what, so why is it so important that the Bichachma, as you know, this Chachma? I don't know. Maybe because it's, uh, I'm not sure. But you see, I think I think the two steps are, number one, the Ramam does believe that it's Chachma, and remember, Chachma means non-negotiable. The definition of Chachma is that something is non-negotiable. And the Ramam also holds that that he doesn't like your trick. He doesn't think that you could do a trick like that. That's adds some non-negotiable until Hashem renegotiates. Um. I'm really using his trick. I'm not. No, man. no. I'm saying for some reason it works in the past. It works in the past, doesn't work in the future. Right, but that's, that's, I mean, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking yeah. what let, let it be the same thing. Right. No, the reason is because we, um, because because since the Chachma relates to us and it, we are headed, headed to the future, if we wouldn't be able to make predictions in any real way, then we would have no Chachma. The fact that we can't work backwards doesn't mean that we don't have Chachma. No, that's so a I hear theoretical the, thing. I'm a meaning. I, mean, I have no problem. No, well, meaning I have no problem with Ram says we should live kilo. It's going to live forever, right? But but this meaning no. when he's talking about before, right? He's he, Ram doesn't handle before Hashem created the world because it's not negate to us, right. even though it's true that there was a before. We just we just don't handle it because it's not negate to us. Same thing. There may be an after. It's pushing on negate us. No. I'm saying that. And that, that means there's no chachma. That means there's no chachma. Because that means that nothing that we experience is absolute. And the holds no. Everything we do experience is absolute. Once we're in this experience, it's absolute. This is what you hold. So you have to look at Kelly Bates Park of Tess. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting. It's definitely a very interesting question. Hiram doesn't address it explicitly what you're asking, but that's the Maramakan. Okay, this is what's going on. So the Ram, the reason why the Ram says Chachma is to understand the Ramshin Mishtanim. The Ramshin Mishtanim suggests that things always existed and the world is Kadam. And that's okay because that's true from a certain perspective. It's true that things always existed, meaning to say again that once things are brought into existence because Hashem was right to, He brought into existence a world that should have always existed. Okay? Um, this is completely my mamuzga, but um, and I don't want to go into this because it's so not interesting. That's and, and it's off topic. But if someone were to say that there's scientific evidence for Kadamus Island, which there isn't, if anything, there's a scientific evidence for Chiddush, the Big Bang. But even if someone were to say there's scientific evidence for Kadmus, it's very possible that the Rambam would hold that since Hashem create was right in a world that has to be. That means he was right in a world that, for all intents and purposes, including for the evidence in the in the world, always existed. Okay, this you know has to do with the fossil theory that Hashem created a world that's fourteen billion years old. That um, maybe he created a world, maybe cre right, he created a world five thousand eight hundred uh, whatever years, seven hundred eighty-three years ago. At the age of 14 billion, according to the Rambam's approach, you could, you could say he created a world that was always existed, in which case it really, really always existed in some very, very fundamental way, but it was brought into existence at a point in time, well, at the same time, okay? This is, and when I mean say it always existed in a fundamental way, in other words, those people that say that Hashem created a world that's 14 billion years old, right? You know that people, you know, knows this idea? We're the dinosaurs, because in the Hanami, the world is 5,700 years but Hashem created it at a certain age. Yeah. Does that mean the world is is that age? In, in a very deep sense, yes, it does. 
because it's not a snapshot, snapshot, you know, let's say the rings of a tree. Why does the tree have rings? Because it weathers certain storms. So Hashem created the tree with that amount of rings. That means he created it having weathered a certain amount of storms. Now, I did happen. It didn't happen. It becomes such a very weird question. It happened in Indian. The world was the world. The world reached that point in a very, very fundamental way. So I'm just saying the Rambam's idea that Hashem created a world that from the perspective of after it's created is equivalent to a world that's Kadam because it's something that must be the way it is, is, is very similar to that theory about, uh, about the age of the universe. Okay. I want to talk a little bit. Let's let's go to, to, to a related thing, which is like this: the proof for the existence of Hashem. Okay, what's the proof oh, for the existence? Just the just yeah, like the jump about the dinosaurs. Oh. Wouldn't that? So wouldn't we're not that, being marked on dinosaurs. <laughs> no, not being marked on dinosaurs. But wouldn't that be against what we're trying to say that chachma is something that should make sense? Like that's a good terence, but it's not something that, on surface level, you would say makes sense. Like it doesn't make sense why the world would be created with rings on the tree that look like it's that old even though we're saying it's not that old well no i don't know according to the Ramah, it might because because um let's say you say the world was created in a way that would reflect a, a codon world I... you see no right maybe the rings the halfway maybe not 14 billion years not but maybe codon yes okay there's a, there are a lot of differences between the rambam and, and science as we know it for sure especially in this regard but let's not go into that now okay um, I want to go into shift over to something else, a vast, fascinating related thing. The Ram says in the beginning of Chilik Beis, in the beginning of Chilik Beis, the Ram is proving the existence of Hashem, okay? And the proof goes like this. He has 25 premises that he holds are true. Plus, he says, for argument's sake, we're going to add one more premise. And that is that the world always existed. And why is he, why is he adding that premise? I'll tell, I'll tell you why. Because it goes like this. If the world didn't always exist, and then it's brought into existence, then of course there's a there's a God, because there has to be something to bring it into existence. If you assume the world did always exist, then we have to prove the existence of God, right? So let's assume the world did always exist, and we're going to prove the existence of God even on the time the world, the world did always exist. And how does he prove the existence of God? And this is something Ramam says, and he said at Tarapak Alpha as well. If the world always existed, says the Rambam, if the world always existed, that means that there's infinite motion because the galgal, the sphere that moves everything, moves, is moving in for an infinite, um, infinite amount of time. Infinite motion requires infinite power. Infinite power cannot be contained in any finite object, must be then that there's something other than the Galgal, which is finite, that moves the Galgal, and that's God. This, in a nutshell, is the Rambam's proof to the existence of God. It's really Aristotle's proof, mostly. And um, and like I said, it's assuming Kadmos. Because if you assume Chedesh, then of course, if the world didn't exist and existed, well, what made it exist must be God. Elamai Yisun Kadmus will still prove God. Now, why does Rambam want to prove God even on top of Kadmus? Because he holds you cannot prove Kiddush. We believe Kiddush because the Torah says so. And we can we can argue against Kadmus and we can refute the proofs to Kadmus, but we can't be sure of Kiddush logically, and therefore we can't base our knowledge of Hashem based on Kiddush. Again, philosophically, Torah says Chiddush, Torah says Hashem, fine. But if you want to know Hashem philosophically, you can't base it on Chiddush because you cannot know Chiddush philosophically. So therefore, he proves the existence of Hashem even on the side of Kadmos because infinite motion of the Galgal means infinite power. Infinite power means some infinite source. The world is finite. It must be that the it must be that there's a power that's external to the universe. Ramos proved Hashem, fine. Yaakov and Tainas, he's very upset at the Rambam. Club Yaakov has a lot of Tainas in the Rambam. He also has great respect for the Rambam, but he also has shy for Tainas because Yaakov and was not nice to Neish. So if he doesn't like something, he he says it. And he ties like this: In Torah Aleph, the Rambam goes like Aristotle. He says Kadmus, okay? Because here's what the Rambam says in Yisrael Torah Perak Aleph. Pull this up. The Rambam says.
that the creator can't be a body because if the creator would be a body, he would be finite because EF Shalia is gush in the kids. Does anyone see my arrow? When I move the arrow across the words, you see it? Yeah. Okay, fine. So good. So I'm, I'm showing you here. Had the creator been a body, he would be finite because no body is infinite. And any, any body that's finite has finite power. And God's power is infinite and unceasing. Sheharei ha-galgal seviv tamid. So it must be that God's power is not bodily power. Since the galgal moves constantly, and constantly doesn't mean, constantly means forever, because anything that's less than forever is finite. Since the galgal moves forever in an infinite way, the force that moves the galgal cannot be in a body, because no body can have infinite power. Says it back event in the first, very first pact of Mishatara, which otherwise is a great safer, he says, but the very first parak is a terrible thing that the Rambam goes with Kadmus. Because the Rambam says that the Gaga is forever, is infinite. But Ladaiti, that's not correct. Because the Gaga has infinite motion into the future, as we said. Therefore, it gets very tricky. It's very tricky because, see, Aristotle says like this, I know that the Galgal moved forever. And the only way it could have moved forever is because it's a, there's an infinite power that moves it. Infinite power can't be in a finite body. Therefore, that's to be God who's infinite, not in a body. Okay. The Rambam saying, I know that the Galgal will move forever. How do I know that the Galgal will move forever? Because, again, because the way the Galgal is made, it did move forever. Not that it actually did. But in Londis, that Aristotle says the world is Bechachma, and therefore it is the way it has to be and will always be that way. As Azram says in the in the, in the, in the Buchim, He's taking the Aristotelian conception of the eternity of the universe. And he's saying, I agree with that, that it's created. And therefore, I can, in fact, look at the universe and say, look, there's a Chachma in the universe. Chachma in the universe means it always was. Always was means it's infinite, means it's going to, God has to be infinite. Are you going to tie it wasn't always that way? Yeah, because Hashem was right to it. But even though Hashem was right to it, the power of the Galgal is an infinite power into the future. And therefore, I can, I can, I can observe the world and see in the world something that requires infinite force. So the correctly, and other people correctly in the sense that it's a very natural reading of the Rambam, and other people do, do the same thing, say, oh, the Rambam, is assuming Kadmus, but I don't think it's true. He's not assuming Kadmus. He's assuming a kind of Kadmus of is, is what we call it Kadmus from the perspective of after creation, and therefore, and therefore, um, now it's Nitzvah forever, okay? So, so just to sum it up, and then we take questions. This is this is what's in, inherent in this definition of the Rambam that Chachma means understanding of the things that Einon Mishtanim. Einon Mishtanim literally means they always were, and they always will be. That is, in fact, what it literally means. And we do approach reality according to the Rambam. We are supposed to approach reality and say, look, things are the way they are because they have to be that way, and they never were different, and they always will be the same. But if you think deeply enough, you'll you'll get to a higher level of understanding. That even though things are the way they are the way they have had to have always been and have to always be, uh, despite that, they weren't always that way because they were only created. The Chachmas are subsumed under the ruts and they, the world was created. A world that must be the way it is was chosen by Hashem. Um, but what was chosen is a world that has to be the way it is. So, in other words, there's value, the Ram holds like this, and Taka people argue on this. There's value in understanding the way the world is. That make just understanding the way the world is in and of itself makes you into a greater person. Because since Hashem was right to, that the world should be this way as a necessity. So knowing that necessity makes you makes you um, more of a shalom. Okay. Sorry for the rocky start. It's hard to break into these things.
But I think I think it got clearer with the Aristotle and Cadmus. I think we got clearer what what what's so important about necessity and what the Ram's getting. At. What's even uh, what's what's Pashup shot in the mistake in the way you're back and learned up the Rambam? He says, "Shari a galgal soivev tamid, not right. that soivev leoylam. It's soivev tamid. Yeah. doesn't mean doesn't mean that it always did. What, what is that? Type? No, but it has to mean that it always will. It can't just mean it always does in our observation because that doesn't mean it's infinite. Well, for his vart, it does. He's trying to say in kechikechagov. So if the if he's saying it's soivev tamid, samamela can't continue. No, soivev tamid has to mean infinitely." Has to mean infinitely, though. Infinitely forward. Right, right, no, no, infinitely forward. Right, okay, has to mean infinitely in one direction, right? Mean, right, meaning he's, uh, he's saying, I'm only coming because once I know what he says in my Nebuchim, so Mamela, I understand what he's saying here. Um, Zach Vanden didn't learn the my Nebuchim? No, he sure did, but, um, but, um, Hagalga Saibib Tumit, see, it gets very tricky, you know, see, I, it's not so push it like this. You can't base your proof to the existence of God on the fact that the, the Galgal is infinite into the future. Why? Because how do you know the Galgal is infinite into the future if it's not infinite into the past? You don't. That's the key. See, no one observed the infinite into the future yet. The only way you can be sure it's infinite into the future is because you're sure it's infinite into the past. The Rambam, that, that's, that you need the Lambdas of it. You can't just say, look, oh, the Rambam says that the world will, won't be, cease to exist. Therefore, he knows this is God. Because if you look at Kedek Beis Perk it seems Pashat Pashat. He knows that it will always exist because the Pesukim say that, whatever. You can't prove you can't prove the existence of God because you're assuming that the gas is never going to run out from the Galgal. Maybe it will run out one day. Maybe Takat, maybe it will run out. How do you know not? How does Rambam know that the Galgal is not running on an engine, that eventually is going to run out? You know why he knows it? Because Aristotle says that he understands the Gaga such that it has to have always run. That's the only way you can know that the world will always exist. Or, or if you have a Pasuk. But the Ramah is not basing it on a Pasuk. He's basing it on, on, on science. The only way to know what scientific is to say is to go through Aristotle's proofs of motion and motion has to follow motion, whatever the whole proofs are. And those lead to Cadmus as well. So there's a true, there is a true link between Cadmus and Nitzchias. Despite the fact that there's a true link, we can hold the one, not the other, which is again why the Rambam phrases it as I'm being mudded to Aristotle halfway, because it's, it's not Stam poked about Knitzriz. It's Knitzriz, which is based on Kadmus. So the Rambam knows that the Gaga will be forever because he knows that the Gaga was Kadam in Londis. So that, that's why it's, it's a very, you can't just, you know, say I in that parrot. Get the you, you got that? Um, about the definition of chachma, if something is not chachma, is there any inherent value? To, like when the Ram understands that the tachlis of Adam is his seichel, so if something is not chachma be'etzim, it's not hechrich, but there's something to it. It's knowledge in the general sense of the word. It's not the seichel of the person. Is there any melod to it, or it's totally like mamakach? Um, there's no melod to it. In fact, it, it doesn't even speak to the seichel. I think the way the Ram understands, there's something called um, memory. which is not seichel. In other words, I have been a certain experience, right? I see a table, and then I remember that there's a table here. That's not seichel. That's just that the same way I sense the table with my sight, that impression that was made on my sight can be retained in my brain, but that is not seichel. So knowing, even though we don't differentiate things, things this way, but that knowing facts is not seichel. We are talking about last week about the, the your mind becomes what you know. That's only true about, um, about laws. So maybe that's a memory, but you, you could have charm which are very meaningful, even though they don't last forever. They could be things which are life changing and and you know could change how you think about things, etc. But they're just not things which are time loyal and they're only lishaf for one reason or right. another. But it still could help you in formulating your thinking. So why would yes. that have any inherent value? You know, so they could help you because the fact is that our seichel being tethered to the body requires um, bodily input. In order to to get anywhere, perhaps I think Ram holds. In other words, we can't know anything unless we somehow interact, start with our bodies, and, and build from those ideas. Um, and 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 also we have to uh, struggle with the bodily, with the with the bodily impulses that 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 make it harder to be seichel. You know, so we need hisayrus and all those things. But but the seichel itself, 
which which itself is nitzchi. Remember, we saw last week that the seichel is a tuas adam and lasts forever. Um, that goes along with the fact that the content of the seichel is those things that are eternal. You see, that's why the Ram holds the seichel lasts forever. Let me show it to you again. Because what's sickly is comprised of those things that are forever. This too is forever. And lasts forever. The reason why it lasts forever is because its content, its makeup is those things that are forever. Yeah, I mean, to fully understand these things, you really have to really think about the concept of Seichel, which is, remember the Ramah himself in the end of Paragalaf says it's very, very true, it's very hard to understand. He says, and the Meir also. All right, let's set the record. And then we can see if there's any questions that have to be when the recording is off.